Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We want to start today's episode with an acknowledgement to our black listeners, indigenous listeners, and any listener who identifies as a person of color. Words cannot express how sorry we are or do any justice. Please know we are here standing in solidarity with you. We are listening and we are willing to learn and to unlearn. We will conclude today's episode with the anti-racism resources that we are both working through and we encourage our listeners to actively work to acknowledge and dismantle places of white privilege and racism. We love you. You're listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. In today's episode, we visit our infamous junk food astrology lessons as we reveal who you are at a soul level and how you show up emotionally by diving deep into the moon signs. We reco some headgear and another way to use cauliflower, as if there weren't enough ways already. And then we guess the celebrity natal chart of another judge on our favorite reality talent show. But first, Holly, it's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> Well, by the time this is in listeners' ear holes, it will have been your birthday, George, but it's really like your birth month, right? I guess so. I mean, it's the month of June. It's birth month. It's birth week. It's birthday tomorrow. How are you feeling? I feel good. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a nice mountain of presents sitting on my desk, and by mountain, I mean four. That's so nice to get packages, like, especially at a time where packages are hard to come by. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know? I know my parents um like my mum sent me some presents they actually arrived like two weeks ago she's very on it she called me yesterday and she was like it's your birthday on Saturday and I said yeah I know she goes I forgot I sent your presents so long ago I kind of thought it had been and gone and oh like, my god like hey, let them slip I know and then I got a big brown paper package from my dad and my stepmom this morning so what are the plans? What are you going to do tomorrow? Because how great that restrictions have eased at least a little bit for you. Yeah, it's good. I, nothing. I'm not doing anything exciting. Like, I mean, it is exciting, but nothing um, flamboyant. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have lunch with uh, my best friend. And then I've got some friends coming over for afternoon tea in the afternoon. We're going to sit by the fire. Hopefully it's not raining. Um, we're going to sit outside by the fire and, and so have nice. some cake and tea. Yay! Do you do any kind of um, releasing rituals or calling in rituals when you've like ended the year and you're starting a new one? Yeah, and I do, but it's the full moon on my birthday. So I will be doing that anyway. So on the morning of my birthday, I usually wake up and spend a little bit of time on my own in bed, which I didn't get to do last year. So I'm looking forward to doing that this year. And, and I sit in my journal about the year that was and my hopes and dreams for the year ahead. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Yeah. And it's going to be a more potent exercise for you given that there's the full moon and it's also an eclipse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So right. You're, you talk all about that in this week's ep of Lunar Lover, which, I mean, we didn't say that we'd do a plug, but I'm going to plug it because it really helped me, Jord, and I was grateful for your words on that. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it's a big energy. It's, it's, a, it's a really big energy, and we, I talk about it in the episode, but we can see it on a macro level with everything that's happening in the world at the moment and has been for the first half of this year, really. Um, but this eclipse is almost making us see it on a micro level and we can all witness what's going on at a soul level, which brings us to the topic of this week. Yes. Um, through this eclipse. This eclipse is what's going to really shine a light on your own shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> Not... Wow. Can I have a question about moon signs and the moon, okay. which is perfect because that's the topic, but... <laughs> So the full moon this weekend that's just passed now now that our listeners are listening was Sagittarius, right? Yes. So 
Does this mean that people with their moon in Sag will feel it the most or is it that Saggies will feel it the most? How does that work? It's it's both. I mean, okay. if you've got Sag prominent in your chart, you'll feel it. Yeah, uh, right. But, you, you know, the thing, this is the thing, right? Like, we're all going to feel it. We're all going to feel it. I actually feel like the people who, and this is just my opinion, but I feel like when you experience a moon in your sun, moon, or rising placements, that you're actually more familiar with it. So it's more nourishing for you. It's the people in the opposite sign. So the Geminis are really going to feel the Sag full moon because it's an opposing energy to theirs. Yes, it's unfamiliar. Well, yeah, but it's the the opposite sign. Sag is opposite (sighs) Gemini. Yeah. So it's almost like this mirroring bringing to the surface all the things that aren't you. Pretty much, yeah. Well, have a fun full moon, Chardalene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel ready for it. I, I've got to say, like, if you are constantly doing the work, uncovering your own shit, being met, which is very relevant at the moment by your own privilege, which I have been all week, you really start to get to a point where every time a big moon comes up, you're like, oh, this isn't too bad because I keep dealing with my shit as it comes up. Yeah, it's not like you're putting it off for these big moments as well. Like if you're constantly in the work processing and diving in and feeling discomfort and leaning into that discomfort, then it actually is like, oh, I'm used to this. Totally. And and that that's that's what I try and am encouraging. Sorry, I'm trying to encourage people to do with Luna Lover, the program I run, is like if we can bring this stuff up every time we have these potent moon moments, these significant new moons, these significant full moons, then the work gets not necessarily easier, but there's less stuff to dig through. It's like when you start meditation and you start the laundering process. It's like you're able to fall deeper into it because there's not so much to get through every time. That makes so much sense. And I can even recognize in my own um, regular practice with Luna Lover over the this last six months, how much it's like, okay, I'm all right with this. I can move with this energy rather than what the fuck is happening? I'm having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Although that also still happens. <laughs> Not immune to the nervous breakdown. <laughs> But let's talk about moons, Jordan. I'm so excited about this conversation. Our moon sign. Yeah. So look, our moon sign is basically where the moon was when you were born. So again, bring up your natal chart, guys. The thing for me, and I know it's the same for you, Hull, is once we discovered more about our moon sign, it made a lot more sense to our personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your, your moon sign is basically, it's, it's a reflection of your emotional self and who you are at a deep soul level. So a lot of the time, like, uh, sorry, not a lot of the time, some people will express their moon sign really well because they show who they are on the inside. Their emotional self is being expressed through them. But yeah. other people it's not that you're suppressing it, but it's your own private emotions, your own private thoughts and soul feelings, mm. you know? So some people will be their moon sign or you'll see it in their emotional intelligence. Other mm. people, not so much. And I think if you don't identify with your sun sign, which I know a lot of people don't, I think you'll find you identify with your moon sign. So as we go through... Um, the signs today, uh, you're, a lot of you are going to be like, oh, well, I'm an Aries sun and that applies to me. Well, yeah, it does. Like they're all the same traits, but the, certain people are going to be feeling it on a deeper level in relation to how they show up emotionally and yes. how they process at a soul level. What I've also found in diving into the moon sign stuff, George, because with you 100%, when I realized my moon sign, I was like, I feel so much more seen than my sun, like so much more seen, is almost like the more that I do the work just in general, the personal development work, the spiritual evolution work, the emotional work, the more I become my moon sign, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And I think it's different for everybody. Like, Mm. I don't know if I necessarily become more of a Virgo, but I'm (laughs) definitely uh, more conscious of my Virgo tendencies and so don't berate myself for them. You know, I'm more accepting of it. Yes, absolutely. That's so true. Yeah. And another interesting thing to note about your moon sign is 
your moon sign can definitely influence the expression of your sun sign. So I think like in my case, for example, a lot of my Gemini qualities are actually reined in a little bit by my Virgo moon. Of course, that makes sense. Yeah. And or you, if, you, sorry, you go. I was going to say you said it in the um, wine night this week that I'm actually not as Leo as people think I might be. Yeah. And I really think it's the softening of my moon sign in Libra that like really tones it down. Absolutely. You're a perfect example of it. Or it's like if you had like a fiery Aries sun and with a Taurus moon, they'd be mm. a lot more mellow and grounded than say an Aries sun with a Sag moon. Yes, it makes so much sense. It's yeah. like a, it's a recipe. It's the recipe of our souls. Totally. <laughs> They're different the ingredients. And yeah. You get different there was one thing I was talking to um, an astrologer about one time and she couldn't give me a definitive answer on it. So take what you will from this. But um, I was trying to work out the emotional compatibility when you're comparing your chart with someone else. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, how do we look at it? And she said, well, there's a few ways you can look at it. You can have like complementary moon signs. So perhaps you're both earth moons, which means that you're dealing with uh, your emotions in a similar way. So you can understand each other. Sure. But the other way to look at it is that your sun and their moon or your moon and their sun is complementary to each other. So it might be that they're both earth signs. So mm. that the way that you express yourself is understood on an emotional level by them. Totally. I, I can understand that. That makes a lot of sense to me. I feel like for me, if I had another earth moon, it might be a little too grounded. I'd almost prefer an earth sun with say like a water moon or, or something a bit softer to invite me into vulnerability a little bit more. Yes. Like Trenny, earth yeah. sun, water moon. Yeah. Oh, stealing your husband, huh? <laughs> uh, but like... You know what I mean? It's like, I, mm. I don't know whether I need, or, or say, say for example, if you went by the sun and moon being complimentary, I don't know whether an air moon is good for me because I'm already up in my head a lot. And I don't need their emotional insides to be up in their head. You know what I mean? So it's sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, no, no. So it's so, uh, I mean, it's, it's so individual, but it's just something to have a think about because people are like, oh, our moon signs are opposing. And it's like, well, it's, that's okay. Like, that's all right too. It's actually so true. Remember, this is just one snapshot of how many planets we have in our natal chart. Like yeah. it's, it's the tiniest little part, but it is a really fun one. I think so too. Look, I think emotional intelligence and emotional awareness can be your greatest superpower. So yeah. if you can understand your moon, you are you are able to open yourself up to so many more possibilities, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in the way that you approach work, whether it's in the way that you interact with family and friends, or just yes. like show up even in your person, like uh, in the way that you express yourself on a personality level. Yeah, having an emotional awareness can really, um, yeah, create so much opportunity. I agree with that, George. You kind of turned a light bulb on for me because the self-awareness piece is key, especially if I know a lot of our listeners, they're in the personal development work, they're in the spiritual development work, and self-awareness is so important when you're in this work. So if you can have an understanding of how you process things at an emotional level, which is your moon sign, then gosh, is that a tool in your favor? Absolutely. Absolutely. So cool. Yay! Shall we dive into the Oh, my signs? God! There's so much to it. So just bear oh with me. I've got so many notes. I'm like, I didn't want to leave anything out. I'm so excited. Okay, so we're going to start with Aries. Aries is ruled by Mars, which is not relevant, but I just thought I'd tell you that anyway. Um, so Aries, look, so I want you to, if you have an Aries moon or you are an Aries sun, you're going to relate. But we're looking at this from an emotional level and what you need emotionally in your life kind of thing. Okay. So I guess the traits of an Aries moon are much like Aries sun. They're very impulsive, can get easily frustrated. Anger probably arises quite quickly for them, prone to the temper tantrum kind of thing. Yeah. But they're also passionate. They're trailblazers. When they decide that they want to do something, they do it. Mm. And that can be an emotional response, right? It's like, mm. oh, I feel like I want to do this. I'm going to do it now. You know, where yes. you would probably weigh it up for a good 
few months. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad is an Aries moon. So ah. I like you're saying is on point, especially with the, the anger, very quick yeah. to anger. And mm. then I guess like what they need emotionally, what they're looking for. And this is where people feel seen, you know, is when we talk about the needs of a sign. Okay. Aries needs attention. Um, and not in a bad way, but they just need to be acknowledged. Um, oh, they need to be, I think, like the best. They need to be the best and the first. So whether that's in work, whether it's a competitiveness in, you know, uh, uh, relationships, whatever it might be. Okay. Um, they also really need to feel challenged so they can get bored very easily, much like Gemini's. They mm. need a constant challenge in order to feel like they're achieving something. Mm. Um, and Aries also, they, they need their independence. They're very, uh, yeah. they're very much about themselves. I, yeah, I, yeah. This is really helpful, Jordan. Not just and have a think, listeners, about the people in your life if you have their natal charts um, on CoStar or handy, because what you explaining what Aries moon needs is very helpful for how I show up with my dad or yes. other Aries moons in my life. So that that's another part of this, which is really helpful. Yeah, mm. I agree. I agree. It's, um, I, I mentioned it a few episodes ago, I think, but one of my close friends who's a triple water and I had no idea actually. And my best friend too, who has a water moon. Mm. I mean, I just thought they were all, I thought they were both really tough. And so I just treat them the way that I treat myself, which is just with intellect and not emotional warmth. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both craving it, you know? Yes, yes. So I, I really had to, like, revisit the way that I talk to them and treat them. And not that I was treating them badly, but you know what I mean? Like, really nurture that emotional side, even if they're not showing it on the surface. That, that's the piece, isn't it? Because mm. it can be hidden, but it's still there. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not what's unfolding beneath the surface. And I think, I mean, neither Holly and I are parents, but I think it's so interesting that if you know your children's moon sign, that you're nurturing that moon yes. sign right from the beginning. Because I think that a lot of parents, and Holly, you might be able to relate to this, if if they're not understanding what's going on on the inside with you, then they're going to treat you in a certain way. And as a kid, you don't really know how to express your emotions and you don't really know what you're feeling, you know? Yeah, that actually resonates so strong, George, coming from a very tumultuous upbringing where I just wanted to be the peacekeeper and wanted everyone to get along and feeling very between my mum and my dad and their conflict. It's like, oh, this little Libra moon just wanted everyone to get along. She wasn't picking sides because oh, she didn't want to. Holly. I feel for you so badly. You're right. Right? It wasn't yeah. like, oh, and it would have been like, oh, Holly's just putting on performances because she's a Leo. And it's like, no, I just wanted everyone to get along. Oh, you're so beautiful. <laughs> it's so <laughs> true. Like, I, I really think I'm going to get a couple of Pisces moon babies. I just know it. It's my dharma. It's my dharma. But it's important, right? Because I skim over emotions. And I don't want my kids to do that. No. It's very important that they don't, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. One for the mamas and the puppers. <laughs> the mamas and the puppers. Okay. I love it. Um, okay, Aries, uh, not Aries, Taurus. Mm, Taurus okay. moon. Taurus moon. I love a Taurus moon. Mm. Taurus likes to feel um, stable and secure and safe and reliable. And although they like to feel that within themselves, they also like to make other people feel that too which is a Beautiful. really nice quality of a Taurus moon. You've got mm -hmm. a Taurus, your bestie's a Taurus moon, isn't she? Oh, no, yeah. she's a Scorpio No, she's, she's Taurus rising. I've oh, got a few. Right. I think um, another friend of mine is Taurus moon though. Yeah. Okay. They also like, much like their Taurus sons, they like the finer things. Um, and a lot of the time they're going to weigh up whether a thing or a person is worth their investment, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether right. it's their emotional investment, because everything is an investment to them. Wow. And they, I think in terms of what they need, they need to be able to invest in something emotionally, knowing that they're going to get a return on it. I quite like that. I like it too. It's like, mm. I will invest in you if you invest in me. It feels like boundaries. It feels like boundaries must come naturally to them in a way. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's very earth earth sign to, to yes. have boundaries, which is beautiful. Yes. 
But because they're ruled by Venus, they also need affection. They need beauty in their lives. And I think that goes for men and women. Um, Mm. And they need to feel like, in terms of relationships, I guess, or emotional connections, that they're building something that's going to last. And that's the investment piece. Longevity. Cool. Okay, Gemini Moon. Uh, The gems are ruled by Mercury. Much like their sun counterparts, they love to communicate. But they love to communicate their emotions in the verbal or the written sense. So they're still communicating, but it's their feelings that are being communicated. So they might write poetry or they might write songs or perhaps they sing songs or write books or, you know, make a TED talk about their emotions. I don't know. (laughs) But they're, they're good conversationalists. Mm. Um, much like the, the sun Gemini's, but because they are an air sign, they can be really good at talking their emotions and not feeling their emotions. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So I think what they need emotionally is they need good conversation. They need to be able to talk things out when they're Mm. feeling things on a soul level and a, a little tidbit I learned about a Gemini moon, which makes so much sense as someone who's got a Gemini heavy chart, is they're eternally searching for a kindred spirit. They need to feel met emotionally oh, on a soul level. Yeah. That's beautiful. So does that mean that maybe Gemini moons are more attracted to each other because they feel very seen? Perhaps. I don't know. That would Yeah. I don't know. But I think it's the, it's the element of the twin. It's like I need to find... Yes my twin, my, my kindred spirit. Oh, that's beautiful. And they also need, and you're not going to be surprised by this, new ideas, <laughs> particularly oh, good ones. Good ideas, people. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Okay. So cancer. I have a few cancer. Uh, yeah, I know some cancer moons. Okay. Do you want to tell me about them? I feel like they keep all of their emotions inside. Okay. Well, because what I think about is cancers, cancerians are the the tough outer shell and then they're just soft and sensitive on the inside. Mm. So if it's a cancer inside, there's like another layer to get in. Does that make sense? It's like there's a shell above the shell. So they're feeling lots and lots and lots, but maybe they have a harder exterior, depending on what their sun sign is, obviously. Yes, yes, I think it's dependent on the rest of their chart. I think um, a a cancer moon is most comfy at home in their own environment Mm. and they like to focus their emotions on their family and friends, like people Mm -hmm. in their immediate orbit. Mm -hmm. They're highly sensitive Mm -hmm. and very attuned to other people's needs. So unlike Aries that can be quite selfish with their emotions, Cats is almost the opposite of that, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think I think they like to feel appreciated and they like to be taken care of, but they'll do both of those things in return. It feels like a very maternal energy. Yes. Yeah. Well, cancer's ruled by the moon, Mama Moon. Oh, of course. Mm. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I think... Also, in terms of what they need emotionally, they need to be nurtured. They need to feel safe. They need their shell, their creature comforts. Yeah. Um, And I think I would say they probably require quite a bit of reassurance. Yeah, I was going to say love and to be told you're safe, I love you, and, like, I can just – I envision them being held, like, literally held and Mm. being like, it's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, little cancer moon. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, Leo, Leo. Leo Moon. Yeah, so Leo is ruled by the sun, which is interesting. Mm. So it's a very sun-like quality, so it's very outward. It's very father-son, but it's nurtured in a, in a mother moon. So I think that maybe there's a little bit of opposing energy there for a Leo Moon. I don't know any Leo Moons. Do you, Hol? Yeah, Janoa's a Leo Moon. Is and he? my brother's a Leo Moon. Okay, well, here's interesting. Here's some interesting information about those two men. Yeah, uh, which I think is true. Um, it's very telling, I right? I think they're quite theatrical. Yes, they crave adoration. 
Yes. They can be quite dramatic. Yes. Um, but also courageous, kind, generous, all those Leo Sun qualities. Mm. In terms mm. of what they need, they need affection. They crave affection yeah. and attention. Yeah. And also entertainment and playfulness. So again, like the Leo Sun. They seem like hard work. <laughs> they do, don't they? They crave they excitement do. and celebration and like that's what they and want adoration. on a soul level. Yeah. Oh, heavy. Heavy. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think a Leo moon, if you had a Leo sun and you were with a Leo moon, I think that'd be great. You guys would just have a bundle of fun all the time. It'd be just a fun time. Well, my brother is a Leo sun and a Leo moon. Oh, Jesus. And he do he's Scorpio rising too. Heavy. He um, is a performer, so at least he has a channel for it. He gets the adoration that his soul desires. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, hectic. Um, okay, Virgo. Oh, this is me. Oh, you. Virgo moon. Um, we are ruled by Mercury. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, Virgos love to serve people. Um, yeah. They're quite guarded of their emotions. They're mm-hmm. very good at playing therapist. So they mm-hmm. will happily listen and counsel you when you ask for it and be there for you and be of service to you. Um, they also feel like on a deep, deep soul level, they, they, they feel like their lives need to be organized. Otherwise they start to feel overwhelmed, um, unless everything's kind of like all kind of ducks in a row. Interesting. Um, Virgo moons can be quite obsessive about their health. So like always researching you know the latest health trends and new forms of exercise and right like, yes it's a very very virgo moon quality um and they can also be quite neurotic which i have no idea what they're talking about i mean can't relate my mum's also a virgo moon and i've never seen that side of either of you <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of emotional needs i guess we need to feel helpful and of service we need to feel like we're offering something in the world um we require mental stimulation which is unusual for an earth sign um but it's because of the mercury ruling which is why i struggle so much because my entire chart is ruled by mercury pretty much and so my mental stimulation is just like over, over the top Um, We also like to problem solve and analyze, but that can lead to us being quite anxious and worrisome. I feel Virgo moons, and this may be a total generalization, but Virgo moons make for wonderful teachers. And this is like you you teach and lead. My mum's a teacher. Leah's mum is also Virgo moon, a teacher. Like it's about acquiring knowledge and serving and helping. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Really interesting. It's It's a very Virgo moon quality, but it's, I actually really struggle with Virgo moon and I don't know whether it's because of my Gemini sun and Gemini rising, but I just find it really um, tricky on an emotional level. It's like this constant analyzing of your own emotions, which is exhausting. Mm. Yeah, that is tiring, especially when you have a double air chart already. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's already analyzing. Okay, this yeah. is you, my gal. Libra moon. Yes. You are ruled by Venus. Oh, that's why Venus retrograde is fucking me up. Yeah. (laughs) My Um, emotion, literally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so you mentioned this before. It's so true. Like, you like to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. Um, Love is all you need. Mm -hmm. Um, And you guys can be quite diplomatic, but not decisive. (laughs) So you can be, yeah, you, you bring diplomacy to a situation by being able to see all sides. Yeah. But you can't pick one. I can't pick a side. No way. No. Nah. And I guess what you need emotionally, you need companionship, you need equality and balance, you need harmony, mm-hmm. um, beauty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hate yes. conflict. Um, hate it. Craves peace. Yeah. I need yeah. loyalty, stability. Um, anytime I get super emotional, I'd need to talk it out as well. The air sign trait of like let's talk about this yeah yeah Yeah. and also re and this is very true for you but a strong strong sense of justice oh 
yeah, there's the activism energy for sure. Because the the Leo, uh, not Leo, the Libra scales are the balance of justice. That's what those scales represent. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. But it's interesting because that is part of myself that I kind of um, run away from or it's easier to hide, like because it's an emotional aspect as opposed to what I'm outwardly presenting. Well, it's interesting because I think Libra activism is quite different to, say, Aquarius activism, which is also a very activist side. Um, I think where you guys probably struggle is that you want your activism comes from a place of peace. Yes. Um, yes. And it's it's a lot harder to keep peace and be active. It's a it's a it's a it's a juggle, you know. Yeah, you really nailed that for me, George. Especially in light of what's happening globally at the moment. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Well, you know, in terms of what's happened globally at the moment, I think that's the struggle overall. It's like half half of the people want to have a peaceful protest. And then I can see the other side of it where people are angry and people are frustrated and yeah. they need to express that. Yeah. And so there is this sort of Libra tipping of the scales. It's like, well, neither is right and neither is wrong. So where can yes. we find the equality here? Where do we sit in this? A hundred percent. Yeah. So interesting. Um, okay. So next we have Scorpio, Scorpio moon. Oh, all of my friends. <laughs> really? How many of them? Um, oh, I should pull up the charts. I think I have at least three Scorpio moon friends. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, they're, they're ruled by Pluto. They've got a deep desire for transformation. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I'm just generalizing here, of course, because I don't know any moons of these signs, but strong sexual chemistry is important um, for a Scorpio moon to feel loved, whereas <laughs> like a Libra moon to feel loved would be very different to a Scorpio moon's need for love, which is totally. through sexual chemistry, where the air signs maybe would would be looking for that intellectual stimulation. Totally. Makes mm. sense. Yeah. Um, they like to know that they're attractive and feel like this strong intensity with someone else is an indicator of their attraction to them interesting yes in terms of what they need emotionally they're very they're very intense i think they want their soul to merge with someone else wow they but they're also very private and this is where i struggle with scorpio i've dated i haven't dated a scorpio moon before but i've dated a couple of scorpio suns um and it's the same thing it's like this need to connect emotionally on a really intense level but they're very private about it so you're like i don't know what you want makes sense yeah, yeah. Mm. um <laughs> when i was reading up on this i also found something that said scorpio moons like to feel part of a power duo which i totally get it's like <laughs> they want their relationship to be the best and better and more intense and passionate than anyone else's. That makes so much sense. I love it. Yeah. But the person who wins the heart of a Scorpio moon will be rewarded with eternal loyalty because that's where the intensity comes from. They are true to you and you only. That's beautiful. Yeah, which is nice. that. That is nice. Okay, Saggy Moon. Um, I mean, again, a lot of Saggy sun qualities. So eternal sense of optimism, always seeking the truth and answers. Um, sort of has this, I guess, need for freedom at all times. So I think it yeah, can be right. quite hard to be in a relationship with a Saggy moon unless you also crave that kind of freedom. So like a Cancer moon and a Saggy moon would just not work. Because they're yes. like, let's stay home and create a life together. And Saji Moon's like, let's explore the world. <laughs> totally. Know? Yeah, they don't want to feel claustrophobic. They don't want to feel fenced in. Mm. Uh, they crave wisdom. They want to feel like they're going to invest emotionally in something. Sorry, if they're going to invest emotionally in something, it's for their growth. Like, there's a reason for it. Yeah, totally. I don't know any Saggy Moons, I don't think. I know a lot of Sagittarians. Oh, no, I do know a couple of Saggy Moons. It's oh, you interesting. Do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In terms of what they need emotionally, 
they need adventure. They need variety. Again, wisdom. They need truth. They're attracted to really open-minded people. So I feel like Saggies would be quite attracted to maybe an Aquarius moon. I was going to say, I feel like Saggies need an air sign moon. Yeah. Mm. Um, they love to travel and have new experiences and meet different people. It's a lot. Like, I mean, it's exciting to me. I like all of those qualities. But I feel, like I said, like the water signs would just be like, I can't handle couldn't, this. Couldn't deal. Can't yeah, and vice versa. Yeah. yeah. It's mm. interesting, isn't it? It's so interesting. Okay, so what do we have after Sag? We've got a cat moon. Cat moon. Cat moon. So, look, I think they're sort of looking for a legacy in a partner in terms of like emotional stability. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. want something that's going to last a lifetime or they're just not going to invest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're highly ambitious mm-hmm. and are looking for leadership. So mm-hmm. I guess they will put being in front and being the leader in front of the emotions of a situation. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're kind of... I guess they're programmed to achieve success in a way. So if emotions are going to get in the way of that, they just kind of push them to the side. Yeah, that makes sense. And especially given they're an earth sign as well, they're less inclined to feel the emotion, just be like, let's just forge forward. Yes. So I think where their struggle lies, their challenges are, is like facing their feelings and then asking for what they want based on that. Yes, totally, Mm. totally. In terms of what they need, I think they crave (laughs) solitude, you know, like they need time to recharge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Having dated a Capricorn moon and not to generalize because I've only dated one, but I would say that they can be quite emotionally distant. Okay. And not very nurturing okay interesting it doesn't mean they don't care they just they don't need your they don't need you to nurture them so they're not going to nurture you yeah they're fine yeah totally (laughs) won't be doing capricorn moon again okay (laughs) (laughs) i need to feel loved (laughs) um aquarius moon my sister Um, Oh, interesting. Okay, well, do you want to tell me a little bit about Aquarius? Can I? Yeah. Can I? Yeah, because I always call her out on it. I always call my loved ones out on their moon signs because I see their moon signs so much more than their suns. Okay. So Aquarius moon has to be different for the sake of being different. Totally. Individual. To make a point. Individual. Standing out, but no, I'm not doing this to stand out. It's just who I am. Um very much about justice and um, like they are the, they're here for the revolution. Like they are marching in the protest at the front with the most extravagant banners and the everything. Like they are just revolutionary. They say things to get a reaction. Yes. It's <laughs> like they push boundaries on purpose yes. to see how far they can go. It's 100% the truth. Um, And when it comes to emotion, I feel like they definitely hold it inside. Totally. And they, again, are thinking their feelings rather than feeling them. So they'll rationalise their feelings through thought process rather than emotional process. Totally. Yeah. Um, They're very spontaneous. They're ruled by Uranus, which is the planet of spontaneity. Um, and I guess in terms of like relationships and stuff, they're quite, there's sort of like this free love aspect to them. Totally. Quite experimental, not really sure what they want, you know? Yeah. Just kind of trying it all out. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, and, but they do have like a lot of the air signs, this emotional detachment. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of what an Aquarius needs, they need a common cause like they need something to put their all into you know yeah. yeah um they also really value friendship and collaboration yeah um but they can lapse into people pleasing 
Ah, oh, interesting. Yes. Mm. Mm. Um, and again, they crave a lot of freedom and autonomy. So Aquarius moon and a Sagi moon might be really good together. Yeah, that sounds ideal, actually. Yeah. And then last, but definitely not least, because we don't want to hurt their feelings, <laughs> a Pisces moon. <laughs> a little Pisces moon. Okay, you tell us about Pisces moon. I always say to Trent, you're such a Pisces moon. I know, he must but- hate it. Oh, he's so over it. He's, but his little Pisces soul is like, wow, she sees me. Um, <laughs> uh, very intuitive, very good reads of people. Very mm. just if you want to know what, you know, what do you think of that person, go to a Pisces moon and they'll be able to tell you. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they might be able to read other people, but they're impossible to read. So impossible to read. You do not know <laughs> what the fuck is going on inside. They keep it all in. They do not show anything, but you know, if they're a Pisces moon, that they are feeling everything down to the, like the tiniest little emotional nuances. Totally. They just don't necessarily show it. Yeah. So I, I think you encapsulated it. it. In terms of what they need emotionally, they need uh, security. Mm. They need, so they'd be good with the Taurus moon. They mm. need compassion. Um, yeah. They are never sure. They feel everything so deeply, but they don't have the air qualities to explain it or navigate it or analyze it. So they're just kind of in it. Yes. Which can be good, but not if you're drowning in it because you can't process it on an intellectual level at all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just being like transparent in our relationship, me and Trenny's relationship, this is probably one of the very few roadblocks we come across our emotional ways of connecting because I'm like, let's sit down and talk about it until we have a resolution of some kind. Mm. And Trent's like, there's nothing to talk about. I just need to wallow in this for a bit. And you're like, what? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I need to have a conversation right now. <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> so interesting, isn't it? But yeah. our Pisces moon, they're going to be our healers, our um, intuitives, um, mm-hmm. artists, you know, mm. uh, people in the sensual arts. Yeah. They they have very, very, very powerful spiritual qualities, Pisces moons. I, I really want Trent to dive more into that. I know it's there and it's just he's got to get to it himself. But also, whole, you know, I guess the thing is that he is intuitive. He can read a person like that. He doesn't yeah. need it to be a hobby or an art form. It's true. You know, like just leave so them sorry. alone. Leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> Hashtag leave trying to like. <laughs> Holly and I have been ruled by hashtags over the last 24 hours. Oh my God. There's so many hashtags and so little time. So little time. So good. Okay. So that, I mean, that's all 12 signs. If you, brilliant. I feel like there would have been a lot of aha moments for people there. Um, if not in your own moon sign, then definitely of that of your partner or your loved ones. Um, yeah. It allows you to go easier on people, I feel. Like when I found out my sister's moon sign in Aquarius, I was like, oh, God, it makes sense. Like it used to, those, those traits of hers used to almost rub me the wrong way because I didn't understand them. Now I understand. That is her soul. That is her essence. Totally. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Because I, I really see Carmen's Aquarius qualities. Yes. So they're very, uh, she's wearing her heart on her sleeve. That Right. Quite she is. Yeah. And you can't judge a person for that. That's actually an admirable thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? Let us know how you guys found it. Can't wait to hear all the different moon signs. <laughs> so, Hull, what is your reco this week, my love? It's got something to do with cauliflower. I know that much. Yeah. Just when you thought the cauliflower had been in all of its forms, I have got a <laughs> cracking reco for you. Yes, I'm talking collie crackers. <laughs> That's actually what they're called, George. So I was in the health food shop this week and I really wanted to make just a platter. And I saw these. They're called, they're by a brand called Curiously Collie. Literally don't know what other cauliflower products that they make, but they make these seeded collie crackers, predominantly made from cauliflower. They're really delicious. To be honest, they're not the most stable of crackers. So you know how you get those wafer-thin crackers that are kind of a little bit flimsy? But these ones 
are made of cauliflower and taste really delicious. Okay, but do they taste delicious? Because, like, do they just taste like a subpar substitute? No, they taste, they have that, the hint, the hint of cauliflower without being overtly cauliflower. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I do. I don't know if I do, but sure. You're just going to go out and try them yourself. Um, They were really nice and light. They're gluten-free. They've also got tapioca flour. I'm not going to read all of the ingredients. No. But I really enjoyed them. So they're seeded cauliflower crackers from Curiously Collie. (laughs) (laughs) Was I scraping the bottom of the barrel this week? A little bit, a little bit. I think I, I think I, um, suggested. I did encourage it. I'm sorry. You're going to make up for it with your reco. What do you got, Jordana Levine? So this week I've got a reco from a company called Dam Gina, but there's a few other companies uh, that make similar products. And it's actually a silk hair turban. Stay with me, guys. Don't rush off. So I don't know about you guys, but I've got very fine hair. And say I go to the hairdresser or even if I blow dry my hair myself, one sleep on it and I wake up and I've just got matted hair It's all kind of like fallen limp and it's just shitty. So Mm. these silk hair turbans are actually made for girls with curly hair um, or wavy hair so that when they sleep, they don't wake up with frizz. Um, But I've been using it after it, like if I've had a good hair day and I'm like, I could really do with getting another day out of this before having to wash my hair again, sleeping with this silk hair turban on at night and you wake up in the morning and your hair looks exactly the same as when you went to bed. It's amazing. It's actually amazing. Can yeah. I ask, how yeah. do you, because I have one too, mm. how do you put it in the turban? Do you use a hair tie and have it at the top of your head and then put the turban on or do you just like bunch it all in? Yeah, well, see, look, I don't have a lot of hair hole. Like you've okay. got a lot more hair than me, so it's probably easier. I just scoop it up into a ponytail. I don't use a hairband or anything. Mm-hmm. And then I like twist my pony into a bun. Yep. And then I just place the turban on top. Beautiful. And what I colour ha- did you get? I got black with rose silk inside. Ooh, love it. Yeah, and I can't sleep with it over my ears. I feel claustrophobic, so I put it behind my ears. I do the same. Put it behind my ears. Yeah. Sometimes I wake up and it's down my face. Have you <laughs> have you noticed a difference with your curls when you wear it? A hundred percent. Absolutely. I'm yeah. just really lazy. And do you know what? It's the stupidest, laziest thing because all you need to do is put it on your head. But then I get into bed. And I'm like, oh, I forgot to do it again. So I'm going to get back in the habit. Thanks to this reco. Yeah, it's look, I think they're really great. It's the same idea as sleeping on a silk pillowcase, which I also yeah. find great. But you know, your hair still kind of moves around. This kind of keeps it all together. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was great. And there's been instances, and Holly, you could relate to this, where say, this is such a fucking stupid thing to say. I don't know how many people are going to be able to relate. But let's say you have an early morning photo shoot. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> we do. And you don't have time to get your hair done before the shoot. You can mm-hmm. get your hair done the night before and sleep with the turban on and then wake up and have brilliant hair. It's true. Not even photo shoot. If you have an event or a lunch or a catch up and you want to do your hair the night before, it mm. actually is a really good way of maintaining the waves. Love yeah. it. Yeah. That, that is such a great reco. We've Thanks. had a dismal reco and a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> we met in the middle. <laughs> okay, Jordana Levine. So Delta Goodrum's natal chart last week, favourite voice judges. Next celebrity natal chart is none other than Kelly Rowland. I love Kelly Rowland. It's funny, having done um, Delta's chart last week, it was so funny watching The Voice this week and just seeing her Scorpio tendencies come out. So much so, so much so. I'm actually intrigued now because we've spoken moon signs. I'm looking at Kelly's moon going, oh, like, I don't know, it's really interesting. Oh, really? the The moon's the hardest to get when you don't know the person, right? Yeah, totally, like, because we can't we can't see them in their, like, emotional, vulnerable state. Well, not exactly. that we can't. We don't. We don't. Interestingly enough, though, I do follow Kelly on social media and she does get very passionate about things. Mm. So that's interesting. But before we go into that, the two signs that came up super strong for me while I was watching The Voice, before you even told me we we're going to do Kel, 
one was Aquarius mm-hmm. and one was Sag. And I think the reason that they came up is there's something very kind of avant-garde about Kelly, but she's mm. also very, very, very strong-willed. Mm. And I also think, and tell me if you think this is crazy logic, but I also think the fact that she's hosting a show in an international country and has done for a few years now shows me that I'm not saying home's not important to her, but she's okay being away from it. 100%. So I'm thinking she hasn't got any water in her chart. Nope, no water. Okay. Like literally no water. Oh, no, there's one, her Mars placement, but no, wild. Okay. I don't... Okay, so I'm thinking there's definitely an air placement. Yes. And probably a fire placement. Yes. Can I ask, is she a double of anything? No. Okay, so there's one more placement. So we've got air, fire, no water. Oh, earth. (laughs) Yeah. My powers of deduction. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Okay. Um, I might say that her... hmm, I might say that her moon is fire. No. Okay. I think her sun is air. Yes. So then her earth, her moon is an earth sign. Yes. So her ri- her rising is fire. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go back to my original thoughts then, since you've confirmed elements for me. Is her air, sun, and Aquarius? Correct. Yeah. I can see that in her so strongly. Totally. So then her rising would be Sag. Yes. Aquarius, sun, Sag, rising. Oh, fuck, I've got no idea what her moon is. So it's an earth moon. It's an earth moon. Well, I don't think it's Capricorn because she does feel stuff. Is it not Capricorn? It's not Capricorn. Okay. So she's either a neurotic mess like me or she's <laughs> stable and secure. <laughs> Uh, oh, she could be a Virgo moon. I feel like like to be a really successful artist, you need to have some sort of like Virgo qualities. Um, Vir- Virgo moon? Nope. Taurus moon. Just like Delta. Just like Delta. They've both got Taurus moon. Oh, they love that's each other. That's why they love each other. Oh, that's so nice. But- George, you did phenomenally well. Do you do you feel those Aquarius vibes off her? As soon as I saw her chart, because I tried to do it myself, but I found it really, really hard because I just wanted to do her to be just like me. Um, oh. As soon as I saw her, because I just am obsessed. Um, as soon as I saw her son, I was like, oh, yes, it makes so much sense. Down to the way she dresses and the way she yeah. is. Yeah, she's passionate about things. And do you know what's interesting, though? Her Mercury and her Mars are both in Pisces. So she's got that beautiful, intuitive, gentle, nurturing aspect, which we see as well. Yeah. What's Mm. her... Sorry, did you say her... Her Mercury and her Mars. So what's her Venus in? Aquarius. Ah. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I loved that one. I love Kelly Rollins so much. It was a good chart, right? Yeah, really good chart. And really interesting next to Delta's chart. Was Delta also Sag rising? No, she had a couple of Sag in the background. She was Scorpio Sun, Taurus Moon, Cancer rising? Yes, that's right. She was double water. Um, You can see how Kelly and Delta's charts are very complementary, like very compatible. Interesting. I'd love to see what Jesse J's chart is because Delta and Jesse J used to fight all the Did time. Did they? Yes. Should I do that for you next time? No. I'm sick of doing voice judges. Let's change. 
rhythm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just look up Jessie J in our own time. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jord, in light of all that's unfolding at a global level at the moment with Black Lives Matter, we both acknowledge that we are not the voices to be sharing in this space. That said, we also acknowledge that we are incredibly privileged and we do have a platform of influence in by way of this podcast and by way of our social platforms. So, what our intention is for this section is to share all of the resources that we're personally using to unpack and work on our own white privilege and anti-racism in our own time. And then we encourage all of you to go out. You can use the resources we're sharing, like get out the notes in your phone, get out your notepad, start to take notes and take this information down, but also go and do your own work because that's the point of this as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you want to start things off, Jord? What have you got? What are you working on at the moment? Or what? Well, I wanted to start with a couple of books that I, um, I have to say intend to read because in a really beautiful turn of events, a lot of the bookstores online and in real life have sold out of a lot of books that are um, able to teach us more about this anti-racism movement, which is great because people are ordering mm. them. So I'm currently waiting for um, White Fragility, Mm-hmm. which is a book that a lot of people um, are turning to. And I think that's great because I think there's a lot of different ways to look at what's going on. But what's most important for white people is to be looking at themselves and how we end yeah. up here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other book I'm really looking forward to reading too, and it came highly recommended by my dad a few months ago, and I just have never gotten around to reading it. So I'm going to prioritize it, is Dark Emu by Bruce mm-hmm. Pascoe. And it's basically, it's a non-fiction book that re-examines colonial accounts of Aboriginal people in Australia. And um, it's kind of giving us the history lesson that we didn't get at school. Wonderful. Mm. Yeah. And then the other thing I've really been looking into this week is, aside from educating myself, it's like, well, how can I contribute? Um, I'm not an activist in any sense of the word in any areas of my life, really. So I like to see how I can contribute in different ways. And for me, that's been through donations, monetary donations. So I've been looking into some of the indigenous organizations in Australia that could really use our help right now. Mm. And there's some fantastic organizations out there. So I thought I would share a few. Thank you. Okay, so the first one is um, an organization called SEED. And SEED is Australia's first Indigenous youth climate network. So it's very relevant right now. We're dealing with climate change and these guys are doing everything they can to get in front of that movement. They're building a movement of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander young people for climate justice, along with the Australian Youth Climate Coalition. And their vision is for a just and sustainable future with strong cultures and communities powered by renewable energy. Amazing. I mean, an amazing organization to get behind. Another one that's really exciting me at the moment is called the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. They are a national book industry charity dedicated to lifting literacy levels in remote Indigenous communities so all children across Australia have the same choices and opportunities. Brilliant. So it's a really beautiful place to start. I think they said something like a $50 donation um, will provide five books to a community, which is so profound. Yeah. Yeah. And the right kinds of books as well. I think that's what's very important to them. So your donation helps provide books and literacy programs to remote communities where they're needed the most. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, Now, what we've learned a lot this week about what's happening in Australia in the Black Lives Matter movement is what's going on with Indigenous people in custody. So if you would like to contribute in some way uh, to, to that, the Aboriginal Legal Service is where people are donating money. So when you support the Aboriginal Legal Service, you're standing with Aboriginal people in their fight for justice. Brilliant. Every dollar you donate is used fighting for a fair go in court and pushing for reform of bad laws that harm Indigenous communities. Wonderful. Um, I've got two more. 
The, sure. the next one is called Sisters Inside, and it's actually a GoFundMe appeal. Um, and this is quite an interesting one. This is this is something that I've learnt this week that I didn't know just because I'm completely oblivious to it. But um, this one's particularly for Western Australia. Western Australia refuses to change the laws where people who have no criminal convictions are imprisoned if they do not have the capacity to pay a fine. What? And, yes. And single Aboriginal mothers make up the majority of those in prison who do not have the capacity to pay fines because Ugh. of the poverty in Western Australia in the Indigenous communities. Jeez. So this GoFundMe appeal, um, GoFundMe appeal raises funds uh, that will be used to release people from prison and pay Fantastic. warrants so that they're not imprisoned. Wow. Okay. I just learned something. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Sisters Inside is actually a really... Um, a really amazing uh, organization. It's not solely for Indigenous women. They do a lot of work with Indigenous women because they are the majority of women that are imprisoned. Um, but Sisters Inside are basically working on women in custody and giving them a fair go. Brilliant. And then the last one is ANTAR. ANTAR is an independent national network of organizations and individuals working in support of justice, rights, and respect for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in Australia. So you've probably heard some of the figures going around this week, but it's and they change a little bit, but I'll just give you the facts that I've got. 432 Aboriginal people have died in custody since the 1991 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody, with no police officers held criminally responsible to date. Fuck. And, and I mean, one death in custody is too many. Right. right. So yeah. um, ANTAR advocate for governments to end the discriminatory policies that see First Nations people in Australia criminalised, incarcerated and dying. So all really, really worthy causes. And there are so many more. It's not limited to this, but these are just the five that I've been looking at this week. And I encourage you guys to do the same. Brilliant, Jord. Thank you so much. And I guess um, uh, to carry on from that, if you're not in a position to support financially, that's also okay. There are many other things you can do when it Mm. comes to self-education and that's what I'll be sharing now. So uh, if you jump onto my Instagram page, the link in my bio is this brilliant document and it's called Anti-Racism for Beginners. Or you can just simply look it up yourself. It's antiracismforbeginners.com. This is a compilation of all of the articles to read, film clips to watch, documentaries to watch, podcasts to listen to, and black people to follow and support on social. So it's all compiled there for you. Jump on the link in my bio, it's there. Further, I've created a highlights link called anti-racism on my Instagram page, and I'll continue to save resources as I find them to that link. So if you're stuck for where to go, please just jump across. It's all there. I also uh, ordered a couple of books drawed. So I ordered White Fragility as well. I'm waiting on that to arrive. And I also ordered I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Ooh. Maya Angelou. And it arrived two days after order from Booktopia. So that's a book that came highly recommended. So another book that's come highly recommended from a listener of ours, Jord, is called The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Mm. So I'm yet to order the book, but it's come as a recommendation is something good to be reading right now yes so tony morrison is a fiction author okay so i've read her book beloved which is great brilliant yeah there we go yeah uh a friend of mine dixie crawford is putting on a series of events called cultural insights why my voice counts so i've purchased a ticket to the workshop on Tuesday night. She sold out her first three workshops and is releasing more and more. So if you want to jump over to Dixie Crawford on Instagram or you can search her name or Source Nation on Eventbrite, those events are going to continue to come up if you want to sit in space with an Aboriginal woman who is teaching from her perspective why her voice matters. Uh, This is all about learning and unlearning. So that's where the double air signs are like, Give us all the information you know. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? I, I've just been absorbing it all. But I think what's very important, and I say this to listeners as well, is it's one thing to read the information. You really need to be able to integrate it and embody it. And mm-hmm. I know someone who goes a little bit crazy with absorbing information, I'm putting my own hand up here, is that a lot of the time I can get mad in fury with reading 
and it doesn't yeah. have time to integrate. So I think the integration piece is actually really important. And we're going to talk about integration in next week's episode. Yes. So um, if you do feel a little overwhelmed by everything out there at the moment in terms of um, absorbing the information, just take your time with it. Take your yeah. time. There's no rush. What's more important is that you're starting and that you're absorbing what you're reading. You're taking it on. Yeah. There's two more things I want to share. Uh, a client of mine has created an account on Instagram called Yarnin Circle. Y A R N I N and then Circle. And this is a movement, uh, part of the Black Lives matter movement but in the context of again aboriginal and torres strait islanders in australia coming from her perspective growing up in aboriginal communities so really really helpful and and first-hand experience and the last piece is because we are a podcast i thought i'd share a couple of podcasts that have been recommended um the first one is the away podcast a w a y e Uh, which presents a diverse and vibrant range of Aboriginal arts and culture from across Australia. There's also the Speaking Out podcast, which is a politics, arts and culture Mm. radio segment from different Indigenous perspectives. It's great. Yes. I feel you've spoken about this before, Joan. I I don't think I've spoken about it on the potty, but I think we've spoken about it before. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the last one is Bobo and Flex. Um, so Bobo and Flex are on a quest to decolonize our minds and intersect yes. our feminism. And then in brackets, give us the tools to avoid fuckboys. But there are a couple of episodes in particular to listen to. And one of them is Lana Del Rey, Doja Cat and Anti-Blackness. And then the other episode recommended is Tanning versus Blackfishing. You've been listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. Join our Facebook group. Just search The Middle Podcast. And while you're there, you might want to join us in The Middle Membership, where a new energy read goes up every week. You can join us for wine night, and we also have our monthly group coaching calls. You can also find us on Instagram. Just search at the underscore middle underscore podcast. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.